This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Tender Loving Care with your host myself, Pauline, and my darling Kate. Every week, Kate and I break down two shows from the TLC network, the name of the network that I believe for the longest time is an acronym for Tender Loving Care. And when I found out that it actually stood for the Learning Channel and I saw the types of shows that were on that channel, my deep confusion bred this podcast. Each week, Kate and I will randomly select two shows to cover for the next episode by spinning our beautiful Wheel of Shame, which has only the trashiest of trash, trashiest of trash TLC and Discovery Plus shows that we, as professors of reality TV, will be studying. Hi, Kate. Holly. Hey, we're here again. We are here again in the warm bosom of our original show. Yes, the wheel of shame always mm. giving us what, not always what we want, but what we need. Exactly. Never true word spoken. I mean, sometimes Kate is hard now because listeners, as you know, this is our original. This is our baby. This is where everything started. Um, Many moons ago on the 1st of March, 2022. Um, And then we added, obviously, uh, we have our extra show that comes out on a Tuesday where we cover 90 Day Fiancé the other way. And we have our Patreon that covers Vanderpump Rules. So we have so much going on, Kate. Sometimes we're watching this, we're taking notes on that, we're recording this. And I just, I love that we we, we like to give a little bit of extra love to this show. 
I do too. It's, mm-hmm. it's so dynamic. We're always watching yes. something different and it really keeps me on my toes. Like 90 it day, does. I kind of, I kind of know what's going to be going on. Vanderpump, same. Oof. Oof. I mean, sometimes, but, but this, I mean, yeah. one week we yeah. are talking about mummy skulls. The next mm. week we're talking about dinosaurs. Mm. We're talking about murder. We're talking about love. It's a lot all the time. It's a strange, beautiful. Um, Guys, before we get into it, I am just going to do the quick plug. So if you are not already, um, go and join, if if you want to, no pressure, Um, our Patreon. Because as I said, we record that once a week. So if you join our Patreon for just $5 a month, you are getting three shows from us a week. On our Patreon, we have exclusive giveaways. We have exclusive content. And it's a video recording of Kate and I when we're recording the potties. It's not just audio. It's videos of us as well. And you can watch us as we record. And as we, um, you can have a snoop in our house as well, which I love doing. Like you can, because you can see where we're sitting snoop what's on our bookcases in our you know on our shelves i love all that shit so it's only five dollars a month go to patreon.com search tender loving care podcast five bucks a month you sign up and as of today which is wednesday the fifth you have a couple of days left to be part of our very first giveaway so this week if you are if you live in la or can get to la and you're going to be in la this weekend if you sign up to our patreon in the next two, three days, we will take your name. We will um, put it in with the others and we will pull a name to win a ticket to come with me this Saturday night, the 8th of April, to go and see, observe Tom Sandoval. Now, look, people are a little bit confused. We're, this isn't us giving away tickets to Tom Sandoval's show that we bought to go and support him. This is also not giving away tickets to go and harass the guy. We are not doing that. We do not encourage anyone to do that. That's not what we're doing. What we're doing is, is these tickets fell in our lap. We have two tickets, very free. We did not give any money to Tom Sandoval. And as part, as Bravo journalists, we want to see what this show is going to be like. He is playing this Saturday in LA for the first time since the scandal broke. The day it broke a month ago, we all remember where we were. Um, he was playing in Orange County, but this is his first LA show. So it's going to be Tom Sandoval and the most extras. Who knows who's going to be there? What if there's a film crew? I don't know if Vanderpump may pick up for this. We have no clue. So um, I want to go and I want to go and observe and take notes and report back to you. And we have that spare ticket for any one of you that joins our Patreon in the next couple of days, just five bucks a month, go and sign up. We will let you know who won on Friday night. And um, you can spend a Saturday evening with moi. So that's the plug out of the way. Um, Kate, we have, um, two shows this week. Um, I do have a little bit, a little bit of a confession before we start. Okay. What Um, is it? I like to, I like to expose myself on this podcast. You, you know, I do talk to all of you about my latest, uh, podcast obsessions. You know, we discussed in the show earlier this week, guys go and listen my new one, the dead files. It's outstanding. Um, my obsession with Keith Morrison from Dateline. Um, and then I discussed last year about how I went through a very troubling stage where I decided to try Red Bull again. Now, <laughs> it's a very long week this week. So, Kate, 
I went and I purchased a little cheeky sugar-free Red Bull. Now, I drank it and I enjoyed it. And I felt sleepy 40 minutes afterwards. I don't know if my body has shut down due to caffeine. Because I told you, Kate, sometimes we've been recording the party and we record late at night. I'll have my iced coffee straight to bed. Interesting that you bring this up because I was, I someone posted something. It was like a study that you really, truly are supposed to stop drinking caffeine at like 3 p.m. because the caffeine will stay kicking around in your body for that many hours. And I thought to myself, not for Polly. No, not for me. Not for me. And it's, you know, it's bad when I'm getting, when I'm reaching for a Red Bull. That's bad. I didn't get a four pack. I bought one singular one and I had it because I I needed to be like alert today and it didn't work. So guys, if anyone has any suggestions of, and trust me, the green tea, I love my coffee and I love my green tea and I feel like gunpowder green tea is the best thing for caffeine, but I don't know, Kate, I might be going down. Oh, I might be going down the Red Bull path again. I'm I'm down the monster path again. <gasps> oh, <laughs> my boyfriend monster. brought me one the other morning. He's like, they didn't have coffee, but I got you a monster, and I was like, all right, <laughs> cheers. And I, I drink I drink think... a monster at like 10 a.m. <laughs> okay, I feel great now. I have yeah. no clue. Are you. I never knew you imbibed with with a monster. Yeah, I do the blue one, the sugar-free blue monster. I actually prefer that to Red Bull for sure. What the hell are in these drinks? What's in there? Crack. I mean, it's... Badness. Shit. Anyway, guys, thank you for letting me confess that. I mean, it is nearly Easter, so I need to get my confessions out. All right, guys. (laughs) First show, Kate, that we have. I'm excited to talk about this one. Yes. When you're ready, if you could please read for the listeners the synopsis of our first show. Okay. <clears throat> the first show that we'll be discussing today is called Twisted Love. Ooh. This is how it's described. Twisted Love takes you inside the most unbelievably shocking crimes ever committed in the name of love. This jaw-dropping new series investigates how something as pure and simple as love and intimacy can turn into a hate capable of destroying lives and tearing entire families apart. So sorry, my Google just went off. My Google just went off while you were reciting that beautifully. I do apologize. Um... Twisted Love. Now, The Wheel of Shame, once again, it's so spooky. Honestly, guys, we have nothing to do with what we get picked. It's all random. We had Twisted Love, and then we have another one that's kind of kind of about love. And Kate, you said, oh, Polly, you're going to love this because it is originally from the ID. So ID is a lot of true crime. We get into a lot of true crime. So we had, I think we only had one season to work with. So I've kind of heard of it, but on... On Discovery Plus, there are so many shows like this, Deadly Love, Kids Who Kill, like Love Abandoned or Love's Stalking Love. Like there's so many that are like this. Um, We chose season one, episode two, Love and Hot Lead. Um, Now, this took us on a ride, Kate. This took us on a wild ride. It did. It was. It just got darker and darker as it went on. Yeah, guys, 
I thought it was going to be very much like the usual ID ones. Um, that's kind of really bad reconstructions, which we love. We love to talk about here. Um, and kind of poor acting and then a kind of shitty narrator. And that's about it, really. But this started, we get crime scene photos at the top. And I I appreciated that. We then get um, interviews. We end up getting interviews in the end with the people that were in prison. So I was like, oh, this is a little bit more legitimate than the usual shite that they put on ID. So we start (laughs) off in, oh, God, I mean, I sometimes don't believe the South exists in America. We start (laughs) off in Mineral Wells, Texas. Oh, we're in Texas, y'all. We're in Texas, y'all. My accent work while I was listening to this was, I mean, it's it's good. There's going to be a lot used today, so I apologize ahead of time. Um, I did see a familiar face. Now, guys, if you watch any of these ID shows, you will be familiar with Mr. M. Williams Phelps. Now, look, his he come he's 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 described as a true crime author okay and he looks like he's been in a sunbed and it's 2001 and he's modeled his hair off ryan seacrest like that's (laughs) what he looks like and this guy is on every goddamn id show he can get on i mean am i jealous of him absolutely his commentary. So when I saw him at the top, I was like, oh, this is going to be a goodie. It's, it's going to be kind of lighthearted because he loves the one-liners. Oh, you know, he, yeah. Oh, he loves it. It's all like, I mean, she thought she was safe, but she didn't know there was a storm coming. Like, shit, Okay, like I, I'm, so, I'm so glad to have more context for this dude because we were watching this and... <laughs> I sometimes make my boyfriend watch this stuff with me. Good. And he was just like, who the hell's this guy? <laughs> he should know better. I will talk to him because he needs to be educated on who this guy is. This guy is a legend. I mean, he he's, he really has been stuck in 2001. He's got like the um the cuff on, like a leather cuff. Like he's he looks like he's wearing a leather cuff, frosted tips. He's probably in his 50s. There's not a wrinkle in his face. And he just keeps repeating the same things. He gets very animated and in it and you and and then does the one-liners like whoo they thought it was hurricane season in florida they hadn't seen anything yet like it's always shit like that and um and he these directors love him they just call him in for every show they do to give for him to do this and he's brilliant he's so good he definitely kept me engaged in the program for sure Yeah. Because we see, and by the way, I love how he try, tried to give himself a fancy name, M. Williams Phelps. His name's just, I mean, his name's just Matthew Williams. That's fine. But why you're Matthew Phelps? But he had to do M. Williams. Give us, give us a break. Anyway, so we see him, and then we get my favorite: a small town Texas sheriff or cop or homicide detective, whatever it was. Description. I'm like, oh, and. He describes the scene of, you know, our officer arrived and they um they noticed there was blood on on the screen. When they further when they investigate, they saw a body and we got the crime scene photos, which I really appreciated. They were popping up. And um then he goes, I love it. 
the sound bites. He's like, <clears throat> there's been a murder here. Oh, it sent me. It sent me. It was a very real and sad story, but then it was told, it was told by these people that were very, uh, they're giving me like theater kid. I mean, they, they really were presenting it in this jazzy way. It was interesting. Oh yeah. It was like, uh, like I, uh, it was like, a, it was like a Tennessee Williams play. You got this, you got, uh, you got the Southern draw and I just, I just, I just, like I just kept waiting to get a voiceover of a girl going, I moved to Hollywood because I wanted to be a movie star, but I never knew that there were some mean men in Hollywood. Like, oh, it was so amazing. I just love all this shit so much. These these like southern drawls that that is just like this syrupy kind of way of speaking and it's all romanticized but this was a horrendous story by the way when we get into it so we see that there's like this body and then this guy this officer is kind of explaining it we meet the sister who's kind of honorator as well or tells the story is is of of this girl called jennifer jennifer was only 15 and um i'm oh, audrey that's who we meet we meet audrey and Audrey talks about her sister, Jennifer. And she says, you know, Jennifer was always really jealous of me. And we had this sibling rivalry. And the way she was speaking, I was like, she fucking hates her sister. And she was like, um, but then we met Bobby Joe. Oh, the name. And she's like, we met Bobby Joe. And she goes, and if it wasn't for Bobby Joe, my sister would still be here. So I'm like, oh, okay, so the sister's dead because of Bobby Joe or whatever. Mm-hmm. We find out, so we get lots of photos as well. There's great. We get photos. We get, we're all back to the, back to the beginning of this whole story. Um, Bobby Joe had a, they all had kind of dubious like upbringings. Bobby Joe was kind of brought up by her grandparents that had kind of free reign. I didn't know where her parents were. And she had a child at 15 the child was taken away and went to go and live with the, I guess, the father of the child's family. That was unclear. But Bobby Joe then found herself. She shaved her hair. She got a load of tattoos. And she came out. I don't think she ever really like came out as gay or bi or whatever, but she liked women. So she started dating women. And she became like a player. So Bobby Joe was a player. Now, Audrey's telling a story and she goes, I met Bobby Joe and that was it. Like I was in, like she was, you know, she's player. She's what it is. So those two started seeing each other. And, and Bobby Joe, she's just for the, for people mm. who haven't seen it, she's a real, like, this is generous as far as she's, I was going to say like Ruby Rose, you know, she's, she's like a cool, yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Good comparison. I, you know, I know that, yeah, a blonde she, Ruby Rose. Yeah. Yes. She's very much like that. Then we get these lines that I'm just like, what is the South? Because it's like, so Audrey's saying, you know, I started seeing Bobby Joe. And then my sister, um, you know, my sister was an ordinary kid. She was young and she loved to, she loved, uh, <clears throat> trying to do my accent work out. <clears throat> She loved to go. She loved, she loved to go. She loved to go down, uh, you know, down to the river. Love dancing, and it's like, am I watching like fried green tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe or something? It's like this idyllic, and it's the fifties. Like we just go down to the river and we dance, and that's what we do in our small town in the south. 
That's what we watching did. fried green tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> you just sounded so English. Fried green tomatoes. Fried green um, tomatoes. Fried green, fried green tomatoes. Am I at watching the cafe? Um, so I was like, is that where I am? What's going on? And I'm getting very romanticized by this whole idea. Then we find out that Audrey's dating Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe is brought to the house and meets Audrey's sister, Jennifer. And they hook up and within 24 hours, they're an item. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. And Audrey finds out because she comes home and her sister's in bed with her girlfriend. Oh, my God. Okay. I know. I know. And Audrey plays off. Like, Audrey was playing a lot off here. And she's like, you know, I was like, I wasn't even that bothered. I was like, well, it is what it is. I didn't even know my sister liked girls. But okay, whatever. Um, yeah, and Audrey, she talks a lot about how Jennifer was looking for attention in the wrong places because their mother is uh, it was or maybe still is in prison for something drug-related and the father was never home. So it was just the two girls on their own. And oh. so she says, you know, Jennifer was seeking to kind of latch on to someone. I picked up a lot here about Audrey. Audrey's trying not to cry at one point and she's visibly upset. But she starts this whole thing about saying, my sister was insanely jealous of me. We were completely competitive all the time. And I felt like she was going to finish it with it. She was a goddamn bitch as well. I felt like that was going to come out of her mouth. But at this point, the way she's been speaking about her, I'm like, oh, she's dead. Like, I thought Audrey was dead. Uh, Jennifer was dead. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe she's just not saying the worst because this girl's dead. Then we find out what's going on. So Audrey, um, Jennifer is now full on in love with Bobby Joe. And um, Bobby Joe and her are joined at the hip. And the, we have a best friend of Bobby Joe says, you know, Jennifer was so possessive. Bobby Joe couldn't even go to the toilet without her coming in and finding out what she was doing. Now, then this is when stuff gets like, ding, 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 ding. Okay. Who is Bob Dow? Bob Dow. Okay. Pauline, I kind of, I don't know if I was getting water or what while this was happening. Did Bob Dow get Bobby Joe pregnant? Un- okay, so that's a really good point. Guys, this is so messed up. You're, it's literally not lighthearted at the beginning because it's a murder and they show you crime scene, but it's very much like, oh, this is going to be kind of sad and odd and maybe something. And then it just gets so dark. You're like, sorry, did I miss something here? We get told about this gentleman. Sorry, we get told about this man, Bob Dow. And it said, Bob Dow... I don't know if I heard that either, that it was his child, but it can't have been his child because the child went to the father's family. I was just confused because, guys, we find out that Bobby Joe is living with this 35-year-old uh, or no, 40s. He was like 40s, nearly 50s. And oh. he was described. It was so strange. I don't know. You don't know where Bobby Joe's mother was. I mean, talk about dysfunction. Like none of these families were had any structure in them. But this poor girl, Bobby Joe, ended up living with this like late, this man in his late 40s. And we're getting told, you know, Bob was just like a step stepfather 
to her and uh, he said, listen, I'm living in a house where um, I look after my, inv- my my mother, who's an invalid, who's elderly, which we will get into. Mm. Um, and um, there's me. Um, why don't you just come and live with me, Bobby Joe? And so this 15-year-old girl lives with this, le- that's supposed to be like her stepfather, but there's no mother anywhere. It was like swept over. I don't know. I don't know the the origin of yeah. her meeting him or how this was supposed to, I think it was like a family friend or something. Anyway, it, this girl is 15. Yeah, it was like one sec. It was like one sentence they said it. Yeah. So, yeah, so she moves in with him and then because she's seeing Jennifer and they are attached to the hip, Jennifer then moves in. So it's these two young girls who are dating, living with Bob and his mother who's bedridden. Yes. Yes, this poor woman is bedridden. And you think of, the way it's going along is like, well, he's a lovely man. I mean, he's looking after his elderly mother. And, you know, as soon as they said, like, pseudo stepfather, I mean, the bells went off. I was like, he's doing something really dark. No 40-something-year-old man takes in a 15-year-old girl. It no. doesn't happen. No. Um, So I was like, okay, there's something going on here. But then it was like, he's looking after his mum. And then I was like, okay, well, Bob's a good guy. And then they start talking about the parties. Yes. And the parties are first presented to us as, oh, these are crazy teenagers. And mm-hmm. they were perhaps taken advantage of having this house to have people, you know, they don't truly have adult supervision. Yes, he's an adult, but he doesn't give a shit. And so they're having these parties and hooking up with each other. And then we find out he has a bunch of guns and knives, all kinds of weapons Weapons. around. And so they start showing all these photos of these young girls holding guns and pointing at the camera and pointing them at their heads. And it's, it's very... I, I'm like this or in my head, I was imagining when they were describing this, this poor man opened his house to this girl and she's taking complete advantage. And he's in there just trying to look after his elderly mother and they're having these parties. And I was like, this is so horrible, this poor man. And I'm thinking, I know what's going to happen. Bobby Joe's going to kill him to try and get his money. And I was like, this is this is horrible. I just had this image of like booming loud music and this like 80-something-year-old bedridden woman having to listen to it all and Bob just trying to be a good guy. And you're just like, this is so horrible. And then, as you say, Kate, he had a cachet of not just guns, but weapons, knives. So it's great. We have a lot of material we're seeing on the screen these blurred out images of these very like young girls, teenage girls wasted. They were all drinking and holding, like you say, knives, guns, knives to each other's throats, stuff like that. And you're like, Oh, this poor mother and poor Bob and stuff like that. So they said it was getting, get everyone knew to go to Bob's house. Everyone went over to that house and that BJ had kind of BJ, Bobby Joe had like free reign of it. And it was her and they were just an Audrey and all of this. And then it was Bobby Joe's birthday and she'd gone to her grandmother and she had a little party and she was given a little bit of money. So they went, her and um, Jennifer went to a local mall and they wish they shop, shoplift something. And, Bobby Joe had never been in trouble with the law. Never. We find out Jennifer, who's literally 15 or 16, they slip this in, 
was breaking into houses and breaking into shops and offices and workplaces and had a rap sheet. Yep. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, what? Yes. So and she, so- I mean, they're there to spend the birthday money and Jennifer takes this watch and Bobby Joe actually didn't even know that this was happening. No. That, that was not her plan at the mall. <laughs> no. And so they get caught and then Bob bails them out. Right. So we're told he had to come down pay whatever hundreds of dollars to get them bailed out. And he was angry and said, you know, you guys have to pay me back. This is what we're getting told by the cops, whatever. Yeah. Next thing, a neighbor calls 911. We didn't get the 911 recording, but we did get transcripts. And she says, there's been a gunshot. I think you need to come over here. An officer goes over, sees blood smears on like the screen and stuff like that. They end up going in. They see two bodies. One of them is a naked man on a bed with some sheets covering him, a like a laundry bag over his face, and he's been shot multiple times. They go into the other room, and it's an elderly woman who had like a cover over her head, and they pull it back, and she's alive, and it's his mother. And they said that she was in squalid conditions, this poor woman. But she was still alive. So they got her out and got her to the hospital. Her room was like old fast food wrappers. I honestly, I was nearly crying at this point. Just think of an old woman being treated that way. I just, and it gets worse. So the cops have um, one dead body. They, I don't know what, a lot of this information, because it is the ID channel, is lost, but I don't know whether they got the information from whoever that Bobby Joe was living there with Jennifer. We cut to Jennifer's sister. We get back to Audrey. Audrey tells us she gets her on the door, and it is Jennifer and Bobby Joe. And Jennifer's crying and saying, We just killed, or I don't know, however she framed it, Bob. We just killed him. And Audrey says, I said we need to call the cops. But instead, they were like, we need to go. So I, they had stolen Bob's car, and I decided to go with them. She's framing it that she was worried about her sister being with Bobby Joe. She's viewing Bobby Joe as the ultimate bad influence, which is interesting considering Jennifer mm. was mm. robbing places here and there. We'll get and, into that. You know, getting yeah. in all sorts of trouble. And for yeah. some reason, Bobby Joe is viewed as the worst of the two. But yeah. um, she's like, I needed to go to make sure that my sister was okay and try to figure this out with them and everything. So they hit the road and um they stop at in a hotel at a hotel um after driving for like 36 hours and they're in Arizona, I believe. And um at one point. Audrey is, you know, going to get food or something. She's outside of the room and the other two see a cop car in the parking lot and they just assume that she ratted them out or something. And so they leave Audrey there and they go to California. Yeah. They're finally found because the cops have got the plates and they know they took Bob's car and they're found like a sleeping in the car in California. Blythe, California. So they get arrested and then the story comes out. 
what we hear is that it's fucking dark. So we're getting into, we got an interview, you know, with um, uh, Bobby Joe's best friend as well. She backed this up that Bobby Joe had been, as we could presume, interfered with, I'll put it that way, um, by Bob since she was younger. I don't know if he was a family friend. I don't know what the whole situation was or how she met him. But since she'd been living there, he had been involved in all of these parties. He'd been having sex with these young girls. Bobby Joe had been bringing in these girls, persuaded by him because she'd been a child that was groomed by an older man, mm-hmm. to bring in young girls. And she was having sex with them. He was having sex with them. She thought all of this was, as a predator does, she normalized it, as he normalized it. And um, then, then she found this, a load of photos on his computer or whatever, of him interfering with her while she was blackout drunk when she was younger. All these children, the majority of them were children, they were underage, and this pig had been having these parties and taking photos of every all these girls and then blackmailing them because it was a lot of girl on girl. And they were like, we'll tell your parents. And he was grooming and molesting all of these girls and getting them wasted and drugging them, all while his elderly mother was left unbathed, uncared for, and unfed in a room next door. Locked in a room. And he's just throwing a McDonald's cheeseburger in there once in a while. I nearly cried. I mean, I was really... To think, Kate, of you giving birth to a child and that's how your days end up. That's what your child does to you. It's horrific. I think think of it in that room and like booming music from next door. She can't sleep. She has no peace. She has no care. She has no love. And that's... There was no follow-up. I mean, she survived and went to the hospital. I just hope to God she ended her days in some somewhere with comfort and care. I really do, because I was yeah. I could I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle this until that woman was treated. Um so this pig is doing these horrendous things to these children. And this girl um that was a friend of Bobby Joe was like, she did she just didn't get it. She kept defending him, and that's I mean, it's it's by the book of what happens with a lot of people that are groomed by these predators. You know, they they don't realize how bad it is because everything's normalized. Then, Kate, do you want to talk about the Jennifer what, of it all? Yeah, what the story is of how he ended up dead. Yeah, so we find out that all of this is going on at these parties he's right in the mix of it and his photos we see and everything yep and we find out that he has been pushing and pushing and pushing to be able to sleep with jennifer and it was start it was making bobby joe very upset she said no you absolutely cannot have her she's my girlfriend and that's where I draw the line. And he just kept making all these gross comments to Jennifer and hitting on her, probably I'm assuming touching her inappropriately, things like that at these parties. And then after he bailed them out of jail, after she shoplifted the watch, Bobby Joe went in the house and in the car, he told her, I want you to pay me back for bailing you out. Not with money, but you're going to sleep with me. 
because that was all my fun money for the weekend. So you're going to be my fun for the weekend. And (gasps) she refused. And then her and Bobby Joe got out of there and then they went back. What was this the next night to get their stuff? They were I, like, think, I think so. And I don't know. I don't It was unclear what happened here, but Bob, but Bobby Joe or Jennifer admitted in the transcripts to the police report that they got him naked and they got naked and they, she pretended that she wanted to be on top of him and then shot him like three times. Well, she said that she didn't want to see, it was bothering her to see his face. Oh, that's how she got the pillowcase on his head because he was like, okay, you don't have to look at me, but you know, have sex with me. And um, once he had the pillowcase on, she grabbed the gun from under his bed and shot him like three times. And then supposedly Bobby Joe came in at that point and was like, is he dead? He was still kind of moving. And then someone shot him a fourth time. And that's when he died. Now, what is remarkable that I did not think we were going to get out of this show is we get prison interviews with Jennifer and Bobby Joe. Yeah. Now it just says everything. If you guys already have kind of made up your mind of who you think is at guilt here, it's confirmed when you go into these interviews, we see Jennifer first. And the first thing that comes out of her mouth is you guys should consider yourself lucky for interviewing me. Because I'm going to say this and then I'm never talking about it again. She goes on to tell her version of nothing was her fault. She did nothing wrong. She never loved Bobby Joe. She was completely coerced. She should never be in there. She turned state's evidence against Bobby Joe. Um, Everyone was wrong apart from her. Yes, she did it. But what else was she going to do? Then you have the interview with with Bobby Joe. And it is a woman that you can tell has been abused by so many people, by the system, by this man. And she was a damaged child um, that was being abused and had really nobody. She took on a persona of kind of a tough, like, player girl. And um, she thought... Jennifer was a good girl or a good partner and um, it was not she said none of this was planned it was not my plan whereas Jennifer said again it was all Bobby Joe she planned it all she did it all it was all premeditated and you get this interview with her and she goes I I think about it all the time I don't want to think about it Um, she said but I do and it's terrible what happened she said and um the interviewer goes, what would you do if you could say something to Bob right now? And she goes, tell him I love him. That was so dark because you just see how damaged she is. She's still under the power of her abuser. Mm -hmm. It was, and that Jennifer, I'll tell you a little story, Kate, a little true crime here. So um, if you're familiar with the Menendez case, in the early 90s, the two Menendez brothers um, in Beverly Hills, claimed that they went to the movies. They came home to their palatial house that used to be owned by Michael Jackson and other famous people on um, Elm Drive in Beverly Hills. They walked into the living room and their parents 
were shot to death in the living room on the sofa. The mother was on the floor and they'd been shot multiple, multiple times. They were barely even, you could barely make out their faces anymore. They call the cops. The cops, Beverly Hills cops is literally stations literally opposite their house come. And the cops said immediately they knew it was a brother's. They knew it was. These brothers were sobbing. They were, you know, the funeral took place and they were these terrible children. They couldn't believe someone broke in and killed their parents. And in books that I've read, the cops said we knew immediately. We knew it was them, but we had nothing, nothing to get on them at this point. And um, they uh, eventually, one of the brothers goes to a therapist and tells the therapist that they killed them. Now, the therapist cannot legally go to the police or did not choose to go to the police. What the therapist did is tell his girlfriend and the girlfriend went to the police. That's how those two got caught. Went to the police and said, this is what happened. Those two admitted to it. They got the the younger brother, who was a little bit weaker in character. He admitted everything to the police. When they went to trial, they were only 19 and 21, by the way. When they went to trial, they... um, had a big defense that they were sexually abused by the father. The father was a very, very prominent, very, very powerful, and very, very strict uh, lawyer. Um, the reason I'm telling you all of this is because these two brothers, they'd originally been born and raised in the East Coast, like in a wealthy part of New Jersey, and then they moved over here. And they moved over to the West Coast because these boys, as very, very young boys, used to, and they had all the money in the world, all the toys, everything they wanted, They started breaking into houses and they would steal like very small, insignificant things. And they started with their neighbors. And then some of the neighbors then started to catch them and went to the parents and said, listen, your boys are breaking into the, to our houses and they're going into different houses all down the street. This can't go on. We're not going to, and the, you know, the father's like, please don't go to the police. You know, I don't want this to be on their record. And they're like, you have to get them to stop. But these boys wouldn't stop. They got a massive thrill of just breaking into houses at night while people slept. Anyway, I tell you this because a lot of killers have started their criminal career with things like that. It's not to gain the possessions. It's the thrill of it. And Jennifer here had that when I had that history of her breaking into houses and breaking into offices, I was like, "Mm, yeah, I see you, Jennifer. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Mm. And then that kind of paired with her attitude with the interviewer. She was a monster, Kate. Yeah, when she came in and said that, I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't pick up on as much as you because I I don't, um, I'm not as like well-versed in all of this, but I didn't, I left it being like, I, I kind of believed some of what she said and some of what Bobby Joe said. Yeah. Um, because I don't know. I don't know that she would have gotten to that point with Bob without being involved with Bobby Joe. If she had just been going to the parties, I don't know. It was it was a devastating case for all of them. And those two women are in prison for the rest of their lives. And yeah, that's it. Bobby Joe got 50 years and Jennifer got 48. <laughs> and they weren't even 18. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's 
So guys, this was not one of the ones that I thought it was going. It was a lot. It was very informative. Like out of um, 600 pounds of learning, I'm going ahead and giving it 500 straight there. Straight there, 500. What about sure. you? I'll agree with that. 500. Yeah. There was yeah. a lot there. We got crime scene photos. We got a little bit of analysis. We got interviews with them in prison. I wasn't expecting any of that. So, you know, it wasn't the run of the mill ID true crime. So for that, we're going to give it both 500 pounds of learning. But guys, if you are definitely on the train of like true crime, this series is a lot better than I thought. So go over and watch Twisted Love. Yeah, I I agree with that, it, that people will like it if, if they um, are interested in true crime. It's it's not like a big, long documentary to get the whole story. It's one 45-minute bite, and you have the mm-hmm. whole story. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So let's go on to our second show, guys. This is definitely a lighter, all right? Lighter <laughs> much, and brighter. Much, lighter much, and brighter. Much, we're, much, going, much we're going off of the Menendez, but I could, get, if you want details of that crime anymore, just email me because I, I could tell you a lot about that. I have stalked the house plenty of times. All right. So... Second show was called The Wheel of Shame Picked Fries. Hear me, love me, see me. Uh, A single lady will spend a day in the life of three potential suitors via POV camera fixed to each man so that she will never see what they look like. She'll decide who she likes based on the day, then meet all three bachelors, and then choose one. That was written terribly. Who wrote that description? The third grade PA. <laughs> Seriously, she'll decide who she likes based on the day, then meet all three bachelors and then choose one. Who wrote that? Jeff. No. Jeff was slacking. Now, Kate, had you seen this before? No, I'd never seen it or heard of it. It remind, but I have been watching Love is Blind season four. Now and look, it's, it's like that. I was speaking to somebody today about Love is Blind and I have friends that don't even watch reality TV and are watching it. And they're like, how can you not watch it? And and it's like this. For me, it's interesting because, you know, you go, you would presume that I watch all, all reality TV, levels of shit I've watched in my life. Like, But I am very, very staunch and I don't do dating. The reality dating shoes, I, I just get bored. I have no interest in them. I've never watched The Bachelor, never watched Love is Blind, never watched any of them. And I just, I can't get into them. I can understand that. I don't really, I don't, I don't get into The Bachelor either. I think this is, it's produced in a much more entertaining way than The Bachelor. Okay. okay. I would say um, they set up the storylines really well. Uh, and it's just the the casting i like we always say the casting, the casting is key the casting yeah. is very very good but love so, is blind yes Got they it. get some really good people so good. um maybe yeah, I'll dip i love in. it yeah dip in it's, watch, with 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 all that we watch maybe there'll be a second that i could do a, a dip in yeah where i mean i i've been cackling at this season laughing so hard yeah. it is it's really funny it's really good uh, all right um, okay. so this this is kind of Love is blind light, basically. Yeah. Um, so there's three episodes available on Discovery Plus. And I watched the first one full through, and then the other two, I just I watched her intro and then I would skip to the end where she's Same. debating Same. and choosing. Um, so there's a host and then a woman, and she's sitting on a couch with the host, and then there's a video. <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm not just I'm like the person that wrote this right now. The men, the men <laughs> all have, see she's wearing a red dress. Wearing, then she then, turns <laughs> around and then there's another woman, and then the men are all wearing cameras on their chests. And so she'll go on a quote unquote date with each of them, and all she can see is what they're seeing, but she can talk to them. They have like an ear plug in or something. They can hear everything she's saying. They're having a conversation. So she goes through and goes in between all of them all day and decides who she likes based on the talks and what they do and their shoes. <laughs> I have never seen a more bland, boring, just like pale white bread like reality show it was so oh here's me so you see i get this this scene of like him because i literally did for all three episodes i saw the beginning and then fast forwarded to the end i couldn't do the middle and it's just the camera's on there and it's like hi and she's like hi and he's like hi chop 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 i'm just making my lunch chop 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 so the camera's just showing his hands like chopping up vegetables and it's like oh let's see your apartment and then he like looks around at his apartment she's like oh that's great so he's like yeah i'm just gonna do the vegetables now and i'm gonna boil the water so do you like boiling water i mean that's a little bit of an exaggeration but it was so oh the people oh, were yeah. the people were also normal. That's why it was boring. They were they were just normal people. They weren't high strung or kooky or crazy. They were just like So here's here's me going for a walk in the park. <laughs> here's me doing martial arts. Here's me just shut up. I will tell you the host. Now the host. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean when I say I can't see someone's face. Yes. I'm trying to picture her face right now and I can't. And I just watched it tonight. If you put that woman in a lineup with only three other women, I wouldn't be able to pick her out. It was like how you would draw a regular woman. Like there was, I, it was as though she, no one had done her hair or makeup. And she was like, someone's cousin that got the job. That's what it felt like to me. It was like, we don't know if this show's going to work. Let's give it a go. Should we get someone really enigmatic and exciting and vibrant? And for the host, no, you know, Pete's cousin's available and she really needs a job. Let's give it to her. Like, so <laughs> Pete's cousin comes in and she's just like, oh, she's dress boring no definable features no no charisma and she's just like everything is like oh what do you think of that then did you did you like the way he walked his dog oh you might like number two oh kind of a bad boy what do you think of that oh he had tattoos stop and that was it and they they just all picked who had the best job i felt like well we get to the end and then it's she's standing in front of all three of them and i don't know why on all of them there was one that was really short like it was like that was so weird you get the three of them and there's it's a kind of the same there's one that's good looking one that's really short and then one that's like whatever 
And I swear, every time I fast forwarded to the end of all three episodes, the woman was disappointed in her choice every single time. And then you never got a follow up. So I was like, what the fuck is the point of this show? They just go on a little date afterwards. They were really pushing the narrative of short guys are lame on this show. I felt so bad for the short men because they made her say at the end, okay, so of these three guys, you don't know who's who, which one of these guys would you normally go for based on looks alone? Like who's the hottest? And so she's like, well, I definitely wouldn't choose you because you're short. And you just see the short guy's face fall and you're like, oh, God. It's he's going to hold on to that moment the rest of his life. It was like, I don't know. It was such not sure. I don't I don't think they made anything else. This was 2018. I mean, it wasn't as even if is it getting like a really stupid early 2000s one. It was 2018 and it was just boring. There was nothing discernible about it. It was it was just run of the mill, boring people. No one wants to watch that. I did not realize it was 2018. Yeah. I'm now wondering, when did Love is Blind season one film? Because I feel like they were, you know how sometimes a show will come out and then a cheater brand? Yeah. (laughs) Like like, um, Sonia Morgan and Skinny Girl when she did um, Tipsy Girl. Yeah. You're a cheater brand. It's a cheater cheater brand. (laughs) Yeah, it's like one show comes out and it's really popular and then all of a sudden there's five shows just like it. Yeah. They're so cheap to produce and people just want to cash in on the idea. It probably was something like that. Um, It was just really, really disappointing. I was like, guys, I mean, I just can't believe how a concept like this could be this boring. Like, Yeah, yeah Love is Blind season one filmed in 2018. That's why yeah. this is made. It was rubbish, guys. You don't need to see it. It's extremely boring, and there's only three episodes of it. So it's a big wah, wah, thumbs down from me. Yeah, I'll give it 10 pounds. Yeah, fine. I'll join you. So, guys, that was it. I mean, we had one one shocking, like, starts off okay, then shockingly dark, and then one that was just shit. So that's what we got for the Wheel of Shame. But let's let's clear our minds, let's shake it off, shake off the energy, because we're going to get brand new energy sent to us as we wander on we mosey on over to the wheel of shame all right guys we are at the wheel again (laughs) once again this week now hey running through some things that we have on the wheel addicted to marriage we have undercover billionaire we have sinkholes swallowed alive we (laughs) We have secret lives of Stepford wives. Oh, that would actually be really good. Um, We have Sarah Palin's Alaska. I don't want to watch that one. Um, Sex sent me to the slammer. Oh, that would be good. Oh, yeah. We have secret sex lives swingers. That will be amazing. Um, This... Oh, there's just okay, there's a show that's just called This Came Out of Me. Oh, Perfect. Amazing. I'm in. I'm in. Um, guys, there's a there's a lot going on here. Oh, there is also, I've just seen one, Kate, here, Trixie Motel. My friend made me watch an episode of Trixie Motel because it featured, he goes, just watch who's on this show, just watch who's coming out. And 
it's Trixie doing up this, you know, this motel, whatever. And then they're like, oh, and we have um, a special guest to help you. And it was a property brother. And he comes out with that big, odd face going, oh, me and my brother can help But you know who else could help you? And they turn around and it's that bloody Zoe Deschanel coming down the stairs. Look at me, I'm being quirky. <laughs> so I feel like I know who made you watch that. And it's making yeah, me you know which bitch made me watch I it. I do know. I've seen all of Trixie Motel. I'm obsessed with uh drag queens and drag race so yeah I yeah love, i love trixie that's so funny love trixie love trixie but if we get that that episode is going in the trash we'll skip that one yeah yeah exactly kate what do you feel like this week um i would i'd be down for something light after that true crime okay. one um yeah maybe what came out of me that sounds good <laughs> okay. like a home reno <laughs> Home reno, NY Inc. That would be interesting. Yeah, a lot of these are sex, love, lust, or run. Hiss, bang, love. Married at first sight, honeymoon island. I mean, there's honeymoon. That sounds good. I just started watching Married at First Sight. I'd never seen it ever. (gasps) Okay, well, maybe that one. Maybe that one would be good. All right. Well, oh my God, Kate, there's one. This is gonna know. This is gonna be epic. Rock my RV with Brett Michaels. Oh hell oh, yeah, Kate! <laughs> if Kate. He, if he does not have like pumpkin and some or like oh wait that's yeah. flavor. is pumpkin flavor? Oh no, pumpkin was flavor Flav. Fuck, who's on Rocko? Yeah. Oh Heather and oh there's some good people from Rocko. Ash A bomb. I mean yeah oh. yeah yeah. All right, guys, let's go ahead and spin this. Three, two, one, spin. We also have a couple of docus in here as well. The Hillsong one. Okay, let's see. Our first one up, guys, is... Oh. Okay, I don't know what this is. It's called Starter Wives Confidential. Okay, hold on. Yeah, check that one out, Kate. Starter Wives Confidential. I thought it was said Sister Wives at first. Starter Wives confidential starter what's okay. starter this is a tlc show okay um, wonder if it's still meet the ex wags who devoted their lives to men who later became famous oh there's only three episodes though so at least that's that. fine yeah. yeah it's just gonna be about these women who were like yeah my ex-husband was nba player blah blah that's what it is. Three apps. I know, but I'm not. Okay, I don't want to complain. We don't complain to the Wheel of Shame. But that, I don't know what we're going to do with that one. But let's, you know, stay positive. We'll get on to our next show, Kate. Okay. Three, two, one, spoon. Okay, give us a give us a good a good juicy one like one that we can really dissect please all right second one is <laughs> okay okay you need to check this one too never heard of it it's called dude you're screwed <laughs> oh god okay you check that because i feel like it's either gonna be a terrible house reno it's i think it's gonna be a house reno show 
or it's going to be like bros getting into mischief. Elite survivalists are dropped into remote and dangerous locations. Boom. Yes. Thank you. I like that. Okay. I like that too because it's called dude. Yeah. Dude, you're screwed. Okay. That is great. I like that a lot. The only thing is, okay, if you watch it before me, I hate, you see, I love, I love, love, love all of these um, survivalist shows. Love it. Love Survivor. But um, it's when it comes to animal stuff. Yeah. Hunting. That's the problem with me. And I, it's, I cannot watch it. I will not watch it. So I, I have a good sense of when something may come about. I just hope. There's not a lot of it because there's naked. My friend was like, I watch naked and afraid. And um, that was great until they start being like, let's make a bow and arrow. And I'm like, out, I'm out, I'm out. Um, So I don't know, but dude, you're screwed. Sounds so good. Oh my gosh. They're each episode. They're sending a, a different, guy to like a different place it looks like Brilliant. so Brilliant. this will be we'll be able to pick and choose which ones look interesting there's two seasons and eight episodes per season so okay perfect all right guys we have our two shows for next week we have starter wives confidential and did your script um i think i'm excited for that one i'm excited for that one hopefully let's be positive starter wives confidential might there might be some some drama in it. Who knows? Um, yeah. It looks it looks kind of fun from the screen grabs that I'm seeing. Okay. It looks like there could be some fun drama. So I'm hoping. For okay, that. I'm up for it. Up for it. All right, guys. Well, listen. Thank you so so much for joining us. You're amazing as always. Remember to go to the show notes that has our links to all of our Instagram, social media, um, our Patreon, and make sure you get in there, sign up, so you can be entered for the giveaway this coming. This coming Saturday, you can be with moi in Los Angeles watching Observing Tom Sandoval. Um, all right, Kate, anything else you want to let the peeps know? Um, whatever app you're on, go ahead. Just go rate us five stars. Tell a friend and we'll see you next week. I'm so grateful to you for being here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.